Welcome to the Wannabe Hunting Podcast. This is your host, Amos Medford. Thanks for tuning in today. We're glad to be joined today on the podcast by a couple of West Virginia boys. We've got RJ with 304 Outdoors, as well as Justin with Stubby's Outdoors. And we had an awesome conversation. Good good talk with those guys, uh, real good guys, and uh, having having some fun hunting up there in the mountains so uh, they made a trip over to Ohio uh, a week or so ago so uh, definitely follow along with what they have going on on Instagram Facebook and uh, YouTube especially definitely uh, check them out on YouTube and subscribe 304 Outdoors and Stubby's Outdoors it's uh, it's some good stuff some nice guys so y'all sit back and enjoy this one as I'm joined with RJ and Justin today and we appreciate you tuning in let's jump in Awesome. I'm glad to be joined today on the Wannabe Hunting Podcast by RJ with 304 Outdoors and Justin with Stubby Outdoors. They're up in West Virginia. And uh, guys, I appreciate y'all coming on today. How's it going? Oh, it's going pretty good. Y'all uh, y'all taking any shots this season so far? Any, many connections out in the woods? Um, I've tagged out on a doe second day and then I've been holding out chasing a big nine pointer here in West Virginia. And then, uh, Stubby, you tagged out on a doe and a nice eight pointer here about what a week ago. Yeah. Yeah. That video is up on his YouTube channel. Um, I've got a doe hunt on my YouTube channel and then, uh, we've slowly been uh, getting closer and closer to killing this nine pointer. He's been breaking daylight a few more times. That's cool. That's awesome. Uh, I'll definitely have to check out those videos. Um, you know, the videoing thing, like I can only imagine that's a challenge. It's something that I've kind of like, I guess you might call it dabbled in, but you know, it's already pretty challenging to kill a deer, at least if you ask me. So, you know, carrying in the video equipment and getting that done is pretty awesome. It's a lot of work. That's for sure. But but once you do it and you get it all on film, it's pretty rewarding. Yeah. The cell, the cell film is what makes it, it's a lot easier. Uh, when you got a when you got a guy to come help uh, record for you and video for you, I, we both have been self filming in the beginning of the year. And finally, when we joined up and decided to hunt Ohio together, we uh, started filming for each other. So we we've yeah. captured some pretty good content out there. Um, so far, the deer kind of been kicking our butt on the Ohio public land, but we've got some good footage. We've seen a couple good bucks, so we're gonna have some Ohio videos coming out here soon. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I can imagine it's uh, it's definitely nice having somebody helping you out there. But uh, let's rewind a little bit, and uh, I guess y'all can take turns or whatever, but how did y'all get into, uh, you know, this whole hunting thing? Okay, well, I'm currently 21, so so I've been hunting for, this is probably my seventh or eighth year hunting. I I started hunting when I was 14 with my dad. Mm -hmm. My My dad was a real big hunter. Um, he has a passion for it. He's traveled around hunting whitetail and elk and stuff. So I got into it with him. And then uh, cool. I've always I've always had a love for it from a young age. But you know what it's like being a teenager. You know, you run around, you got sports and stuff. So I kind of got away from it for a couple of years. I would still gun hunt every once in a while, but I wasn't taking it as serious. And then um, I just got done playing college football. So and uh got back into hunting a lot more so i decided i'd start filming it and um, like i said i've always had a love and a passion for it and i love hunting here in the great state of west virginia so i decided i would uh create a channel and kind of 
try to get publicity for hunting in West Virginia. Um, I'm a big deer hunter, big turkey hunter. Mm -hmm. My favorite thing. So really it all started here in West Virginia. So I like to try and keep it here and, and uh, keep representing this great state and uh, keep my passion going for hunting for years and years to come. That's awesome. What about you, Justin? Uh, well, I started off at the age of five years old with my grandpa and my uncles and just about any family member that was around at the time taking me out in the woods. Uh, I think I killed my first squirrel when I was eight, my first deer when I was 10, and it was actually a big eight point. And awesome. from there on, I've been hooked ever since. I've been in the outdoors my entire life. Uh, I've tried to bring my family up in the outdoors and just like my family did. It's basically been a family, family tradition and uh my passion for the outdoors is way up there i mean i like i said started off as a kid and then uh i just lost a lot of family members over the years and uh they kind of mm -hmm. faded off and that's what got me into start self-filming and stuff like that so i can kind of share my adventures with everybody else yeah that's really cool and that's awesome to be able to share it with the family um you know, I actually didn't grow up hunting. I think I killed my first deer. Uh, I think it's been about five years and I was 27. So I'm kind of behind the game as far as, uh, you know, going hunting since I was a little kid or even a teenager. But it's always been interesting to me. And I think that's pretty cool to keep the family tradition going because I'm thinking of it as, you know, starting a family tradition. You know, my, my son's less than a year old, but I'm already looking forward to, you know, taking him hunting and and uh you know keeping the family involved so that's really cool to hear that that you know y'all both started hunting with family and are keeping it going well i've always told people too you said you killed your first deer at 27 i think a lot of people kind of shy away from it when they get up in their 20s thinking that they haven't already started hunting that they're never going to get into it or learn nothing but i always tell people it's never too late to start hunting when you go that first time whether it's squirrel hunting turkey hunting deer hunting no matter what it is you go that first time you're going to be hooked on it <laughs> yeah exactly i know that's how i am you know i shot a doe back back a few years and you know, it was just awesome then i was able to get a really nice turkey down here and uh you know so it it's pretty cool and then the, just this past a uh, couple weeks ago killed my first buck so i'm i'm on cloud nine <laughs> <laughs> i bet the first one's always the best one i know it's it's crazy it's crazy how uh you know, just how rewarding it can be. So that's awesome. Now, you said, I know you said the first one is, you know, most rewarding. Do y'all have like a favorite, uh, favorite hunting story, whether it's the first buck or uh, biggest buck or just a, you know, a favorite experience, uh, even if it's turkey hunting or something like that? Oh man, I got a, I got a couple of them I could talk about. Okay, go for it. <laughs> um, well, I'll tell you my first deer. Um, I'd hunted with a 410, uh, single shot 410, and I think I'd missed probably five or six deer on our lease. We had a lease up in Work County, West Virginia, and I and I missed deer left and right with it. And finally, mm -hmm. for finally for Christmas, my dad got me a single shot 243. So the first year hunting out with that, we hunted all morning, didn't see a single deer, and uh, so we got back to camp and um, across the uh, the camp set right beside a big open CRP field. And out about 200 yards, a big yearling hopped out and was hopping through the field. So I grabbed my gun and I ran out across that field and I gut shot this yearling. I offhanded it. <laughs> First deer I ever gut shot. Uh, I shot, I gut shot it. 
and it rained about 200 yards and we tracked blood for hours and i was so discouraged and when we finally found it i'll never forget that hunt it was the most exciting day of my life just finding a yearling but i finally after missing four and five deer at a time i finally was able to to knock one down that's awesome i guess uh probably most one of my remember will be my first deer uh i was hunting with my cousin and uh, he's several years older than me and he took me out that morning with him instead of going with my dad or my grandpa and uh he actually shot a deer and was tracking it and he told me to sit still not to move just went through all the safety stuff and as he was tracking that deer uh one of my other family members actually shot on the next ridge over and i heard something running and i looked up and this big old eight point just popped up in front of me and I was using a 20 gauge shotgun and uh, I shot the deer in the neck and it dropped in its tracks. And my cousin started hollering, are you okay? I said, yes, I'm fine. He said, did you shoot one? I said, yes. You were just saying you, you shot him in the neck and your, your cousin was hollering to you? Yeah, and uh, I shot him in the neck and uh, my cousin was hollering at me and he said, did you shoot a doe? And I said, no, it's a buck. But when he got up there and realized what I shot, he got a, he grabbed a hold of it and was more excited than probably what I was at the time, being a kid. And he grabbed that thing, got excited, and we took him off the hill, and we showed my grandpa and waited for my dad to get home and showed him. And uh, my neighbor actually mounted the deer for free. Wow. So, uh, it was actually a pretty, uh, pretty memorable hunt. I was 10 years old at the time. That was in 1997. Wow, that's awesome. Did the uh, since then have you like you know tried to kind of measure or guesstimate or anything on like how much it actually scored? No, I've never actually had a deer scored until last year, and that was my biggest buck last year, and it was a twenty point. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah, the the scoring thing. I mean, the inches doesn't make any difference to me at this point in my hunting career, but. <laughs> But hey, it's kind of I'm all about if it gets the heart going and you and you're and you're into it, then let her fly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it kind of makes me interested sometimes, you know. Like you see pictures of deer, and you know, I kind of wonder. I'm like, well, I wonder what what that would score, you know, or something like that. So, but that's pretty yeah. awesome. To get a good buck first first deer. Yeah, really. Anybody out there listening, don't expect that to happen all the time. Usually usually it's years before you get your first good buck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's like pretty I, cool. The first buck I ever killed, um, we were hunting a buddy's farm up in Jackson County, West Virginia. And uh, I was still young enough. I, had, I was hunting beside my dad, and he had kind of dozed off. And I seen a little five-point coming down the holler below us. And when mm -hmm. the deer the deer was picking, well, I guess when I shot, the deer had turned its head and was looking away. And I shot it in the base of the neck, and the bullet ran through and split his rack off. Well, it dropped and it dropped and didn't move. Well, it woke my dad up, and he was like, what the heck did you just shoot? And I was like, I think I just shot a good buck. Well, we couldn't see it from there. So, again, I'm thinking, oh, I missed another deer. Finally went down there, and it was a, it was a little five. It was barely a five-point. It was more like a spike with a couple kickers coming off. Right. And uh, and I remember being so upset because I couldn't even skull mount it because I split his rack in half. Yeah, <laughs> that's but, crazy how the, how it did that. I guess it was just the angle. Yeah, well, it's just right when he turned his head, I was aiming for that shoulder, and when he turned his head, it just ran right up the neck. Wow. Yeah, the one I shot uh, is a seven point. Kind of had like a little 
funky little kicker on one side and then the other side had like a knob where it never came out but uh yeah it's it's pretty cool even even for a for a small buck it'll get you pretty excited what state was that in that's in florida okay you're hunting down in florida yep i'm in uh, northeast florida kind of the jacksonville area so you do a lot of turkey hunting down there um i try to yeah we have uh one of the main places I hunt is a little further south, and uh, so we have the Osceolas down here, kind of like this say, side. And I've uh, always wanted, I've always yeah. wanted to come uh, turkey hunt Osceolas. I've seen it all on YouTube and TV. That looks like some fun turkey hunting down there in Florida. Yeah, the the first one I ever killed was a really good one. Um, had like an eleven inch beard and the whole deal, and uh, it was just a it was a perfect hunt. Um, I just had a box call. I can't do much with a mouth call yet. And, uh, you know, like literally just called him in just like, you know, what I saw on YouTube and what I read and all that. And, uh, it all worked out kind of as planned. And man, that was, that was something else to see him come in spitting and drumming and strutting and, uh, you know, just to be able to get a, get a good one the first time around on the turkey. That was truly beginner's luck. I bet that sounds awesome. Yeah, when when you when you get a long beard coming in, spitting and drumming, strutting like that, it's hard to compare. It's hard to compare to whitetail hunting, but it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, I agree. It, it's it's a different deal to like call and answer and hear it closer and. Yeah, and you're actually, especially when they're close enough, you can actually feel them drum. You can feel the gobble in your chest. That's what gets me going. Yeah, yeah, when yep. they're. When you're actually communicating back with the bird and talking to him like that, that's one of the most exciting things you can do in the hunting woods. Yeah, I agree. I think that's one of the coolest things. You know, I was kind of like, yeah, let's try this turkey hunting thing. And after that, I was like, I'm a turkey hunter. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's hard. It's easy to get hooked turkey hunting. Yeah. And which, which that buck I shot, you know, I, I grunted to him and he came right to me. So that was pretty cool. Um, as far as like, you know, calling to a deer, but, uh, you know, not the same thing, not the same thing as that turkey hunt. Yeah. A little different ball game. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, uh, have y'all gone anywhere else turkey hunting yet or mostly just stayed, stayed up that way? Um, I've usually, I've never turkey hunted out of state yet, but, uh, after we've, uh, scouted some of this land in Ohio, I definitely plan on turkey hunting in Ohio and maybe trying to get down to Kentucky. And then, um, but mainly here, we're just hunting these mountain turkeys and it's a different kind of turkey yeah. hunting than what you watch on uh, the TV and stuff. Yeah. I know it's probably a lot different than turkey hunting in Osceola's up here. Um, yeah. It's a lot of hiking. Them birds, they're never down in the low, the low parts of these fields. They're, when, it, when that uh, daylight hits, you better be on the highest ridge because that's where well, the birds are going to be roosted. They're at. usually on the highest ridge or the bench just below the ridge because they roost on the roost off the top of the ridge and laying on those benches so it's uh definitely a lot of steep country up here <laughs> yeah and yeah you, and it and it's almost next to impossible to call one of the turkeys downhill they'll get they'll get right to the edge and if they can look over and they don't see what what's calling to them it's mm -hmm. next to impossible to get them to come over that lip and come down to you yeah that's so you crazy. so you spend a lot of early mornings hiking up that mountain as fast as you can to get up there before daylight and get set up because you know sooner or later there's going to be a bird fire up on top of that on top of that ridge yeah i can imagine and that's definitely not something i i work with here i mean it's flat as could be 
<laughs> and here they'll kind of a lot of them will uh they'll roost out over like a swamp or a lake or something yeah uh, i guess they'll try to get over the water they feel safer or something but it's uh yeah definitely no hiking up a mountain early in the morning so yeah that's a blessing but i'd say the the uh the flat ground <laughs> probably has its uh, advantages in it and it's probably hard in its own ways too i know like out here, at least when you when you got a bird coming from a long way off, when you're on the ridge tops, you can get on the backside and keep yourself from getting skyline, and usually get within a pretty close range and get set up. I'm sure down on that flat country, it's hard to make moves on birds when they're out there in the open like that. That's true. If you're setting up on a field edge, they can see forever, so yeah. you can uh, you can't get away with much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least out here, at least up here on these ridges, you can kind of do a little spot and stalking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's my experience is definitely not like that here, but uh, I'm sure <laughs> yeah. the, people use all kind of tactics. But uh, yeah, that's awesome. I enjoy the turkey hunting too, so that's pretty cool. Jumping back over to uh, to deer hunting though, um, is there anything like with uh, scouting? Do y'all run a lot of trail cameras and stuff? Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, on our home private farms, I run a lot of trail cameras, and then. Uh, Uh, Justin just met um, in person last Thursday, but we had been messaging on Instagram back and forth throughout the summer and fall. And we finally, our vacation days kind of lined up. So we decided we were going to jump over and hunt Ohio public. And uh, we found a pretty good spot on Onyx. So we dove in and hung up a couple cameras. But for the most part, when uh, on the public land side of things, we were kind of just going off of uh, just sign and how fresh it was and then diving in and hunting. But on the private land, I definitely like to run trail cameras. Yep. I run, uh, I've got three different properties I hunt, and I probably run at least two to three cameras on each property. So, okay. And, and mostly, speaking for myself, um, I can't speak for Justin on this, but I run trail cameras more or less just to take inventory. I'm not running them very hard to pattern a deer. I just mm -hmm. like to know what's in the area and, and what bucks I want to chase after and stuff. I'm not I'm not huge on the deer management of holding out till bucks, you know, five and a half, one sixty, but I definitely like to go after the biggest buck on the farm and try to let the little ones walk. Yeah, no doubt. And uh those private places where y'all are going, what uh like what's kind of the acreage? Are they pretty big or small or in between? Um, my main farm I'm hunting is about two hundred and fifty acres, but it's surrounded by another thousand acres of different private that's not really hunted. So, gotcha. I mean, so all, all of mine are small lots, 30 acres, probably a piece, I'd say. Okay, so, cool. I'm always curious that the the buck I shot this year was on uh, about six acres. My uh, wife's grandparents just got a little tiny little piece. But uh thing about pretty... West Virginia, too, is like when you hunt here, everybody hunts. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a uh, it's a state where it's a uh, it, yeah. It's, very heavily pressured yeah and if somebody doesn't hunting if somebody's not hunting a property it's 99 percent of the time that the landowner doesn't let anybody hunt it so right but but i tell people all the time too you know people are always looking for big acreage farms which are nice to have but if you can find five or six acres in the right spot then then you can you can you can get a lot done on on small parcels like that if you can get it on the right spot and get set up where you need to be 
Yeah. I mean, I guess as long as the deer come through there, you can catch them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know guys that have killed giant deer out here in West Virginia on five and six acres, or they own, they got a little bit of timber in the backyard, and they'll go out there and yep. put out one camera and get a giant on it and, and kill it. Yeah, that's that's awesome stuff. Yeah. Uh, do, do you guys, uh, y'all, would you say y'all primarily bow, bow hunt or whatever's in season or? Well, I know in, out here in West Virginia, bow season starts at the end of September and runs all the way till the Monday of Thanksgiving mm-hmm. that, that, that week. So, so yeah, primarily I bow hunt a lot, but that, that Thanksgiving week, I definitely bring out the rifle because, uh, I like to call it the great equalizer. You can reach out there and touch it from a long way when you got that rifle, but yep. I would much, I'd much rather be in the woods with the old stick and string. I just think it adds a whole new aspect of enjoyment and, and challenge to the hunt. After rifle season's over, we, it runs up until uh, January 1st. I usually bring the bow back out and go back out hunting if I'm not tagged out already. I got you. What, uh, what kind of bow setups do y'all have? I've got the Matthews VXR, the 31 and a half. That's Matthews flagship bow from two, no, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been, this is my second year hunting with that bow, and I've been blessed enough to take a couple deer with it. And then uh, setup wise, I'm just running a, the um, Carbon Express Maxima Red Arrows. I've kind of got a heavier arrow set up because I'm drawing 80 pounds. So I like to be able to shoot as heavy arrow and a, a 125 grain Schwacker. I like I like shooting heavy heavy arrows just because your room for error can be a little bit more if you got to tuck one into a shoulder blade or something you don't you can be a little bit more confident with it. Gotcha. I've got a Elite Impulse Thirty One, uh, no special arrows. I do like uh, the Grin Reaper Whitetail Two broadheads. I've had very good luck out of those, so they're in my quiver and that's what I use. I've had great luck out of them and. I've, taken quite a few deer with them so far <laughs> hey that's a good thing <laughs> put them to the test all right i know you're just starting off really into hunting so are you are you bow hunting a lot or are you uh more into the gun hunting side of things yep so the so far this year i, I took the bow out um i don't remember exactly how many sits it was but pretty much the whole bow season every time i got a chance and then um I was I took the black powder out and that's what I killed the uh, buck with, uh, with the muzzle loader. But uh, I'm definitely I'm definitely looking to do more and more on the bow hunting, and I was as prepared as I could be this year. Just didn't uh, didn't happen uh, during our bow season, but I'm looking to uh, to definitely lean that way. I I really enjoyed shooting and practicing with the bow, so I, I want to put it to use. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it definitely brings a, a new element of having to get it within range of them and make that perfect shot, and, and just hours and hours and hours of practice and repetition. But when you finally release a, a perfect arrow on one, that don't get me wrong, it's fun killing them with a gun. It's fun being successful anytime you're hunting. But when you can knock one down with a bow, it's just getting a whole up, getting up close and personal with the deer and being able to draw back your bow and everything and not get busted and once you do make it it's it's a lot it's really rewarding <laughs> see see he he said that because he's throwing shade at me this morning we actually uh he was self-filming me on my home farm here in west virginia and we actually had a stud of a 10 point come in bumping does oh, and, wow. uh, 
the the doe picked us off. She was about 15 yards from us. The Big Ten was up 30 yards, and she picked us off. Uh, me grabbing my bow, and when the buck kind of buggered out to about 35, and when I drew back, he uh, they got a little nervous and and bumped out of there. But they weren't spooked too bad, so we're actually gearing up. We're gonna go back in and set this evening and see if see if uh, they won't come back in. I got you. Yeah, I can see the challenge there. <laughs> you know, but. Because you try not to move, but then, you know, to draw your bow, you got to move. So it's kind of like. Yeah, especially when you got two and three sets of eyes looking at you. Because uh, two does that came in and they worked off over the bank. So we we could hear what sounded like a buck bumping a doe down below us. But uh, I didn't even think to go ahead and get my bow up. I'll admit I was kind of unprepared and uh, they got on us quick. So, so when she picked us off, it was pretty much over from there. There was not too much we could do. Yeah, I gotcha. Well, good luck uh, this afternoon on that one. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, um, you know, my, my main goals, like, for this deer hunting season, um, number one was to kill a buck, and then number two was probably to kill one with a bow. Um, so it's still on still on the list, and maybe at some point uh, later in the season I'll, I'll bring the bow back out and, and give it another shot. When did, when does uh, Florida's bow season come in? What's the start date of your all's bow season? The uh, bow season this year started. Uh, I'll get the exact day wrong. It's uh, like September seventeenth, something like that. Okay, so that's not too far before ours. Ours was September twenty fifth this year. Okay, but then our uh, muzzle loader um, came in. It's like a two week, um, and that was like. Uh, Somewhere like first, uh, well, not first of November, end of October, like October 25th, I think. Yeah. So, and then, uh, and then now rifle is actually open in, in my zone. So it's, uh, so they don't have like an actual designated like late bow season or anything like that. But, uh, most places, especially private, you can use, uh, you know, you can use a bow if you want you know, later in the season. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, that's kind of, those are kind of my, my big goals. So I've got the one marked off and so we'll, we'll kind of see how it goes. Yeah. When you get that first one with the bow, it's a whole different feeling. It's awesome. Yeah. That I'm looking forward to it. The, the only thing I'm not going to use my bow, I'm actually going to uh, visit my brother up in Virginia and, uh, I'm probably going to use a rifle up there, uh, like second week of December. And, um, so that one I'm kind of, I'm kind of throwing out the window just to see, cause, uh, a small buck up there would be huge. So for me, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got a lot of buddies that hunt over in Virginia and they, it's a lot like here. You're going to, your majority going to be up in the mountain country, but it's good hunting, especially when you got a gun with you, you can, you can, uh, cover a lot more area when you got a gun with you. Yep, exactly. And I know he doesn't care the first thing about the about the antlers, and he's killed some big deer just getting out there. <laughs> so I'm uh, I'm excited to to give that a try. That'll be the first time I've ever been out of state too. So yeah, that'll be a fun trip. Yep, definitely looking forward to that one. Um, you know, I asked about you know trail cameras and stuff. Is there anything else as far as like a a tactic? Um, 
I know you said you looked for sign and kind of set up on it. I guess it changes as the season goes on, but is there something that your favorite thing to find, you know, is it a trail or a scrape my, or a rub or my favorite thing to tie or find this time of year, because our road action is going on right now is a active scrape. And if you can find an active scrape that you know that a deer has been using, it's probably one of the best tools there is this time of year to hunt off of. I mean, there, those deer are going to come in and check that. Now you get into the stages, the later rut where they start locking down or not focusing on more on the does, they'll end up coming back and working that scrape, but probably got a little more something else on their mind at this point in time of the year. Yep. And, I, and, um, Pre-rut, in the beginning of the season, I like to just find the natural travel corridors, the, the pinch point areas. And if you, if um, especially if you've got a couple years experience on, on property, you can kind of start to figure that out. But like the, this new farm I'm hunting, I kind of, this is my, I got permission on it right after turkey season. So I kind of just dove in head first and running trail cameras early in the summer. And I was able to find some, some good travel corridors and pinch points. And then, uh, uh, watering areas if you got a if you got a property with a pond on it and a bedding area close that's always a great place to to key mm -hmm. in on there's going to be definitely does traveling through there and, and there's probably going to be a couple bucks and then uh out here oak ridges if you can find a good a good long oak ridge especially this time of the year when these bucks are cruising looking for does that's that's my number one thing because if you can find those and you're going to find scrapes and rubs on it almost a guarantee so you can key okay. on on a on a big oak ridge with a couple flats on it and you can get set up with the right wind and then i've had my best luck on spots like that and this this being your first year deer hunting too or uh that's another thing i don't know how the wind is in florida mm -hmm. but if, if you know where the direction the deer are going to be coming from you don't want your wind going into that area because those deer will pick you off before you even know that you're even around yeah yeah that's something i've been checking I've been checking like every time I go hunting is check the wind first and and think about where I've seen them come from. So <laughs> here in West Virginia, though, our wind sucks. I mean, it could blow one direction one second and then another uh, right after that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you use these apps that'll tell you, you know, deer movement, deer winds. And uh, mm -hmm. like just just the other day in Ohio, we were supposed to have a south southwest wind. And uh, we finally got set up in a spot. And as soon as we got set up and it started to break daylight, it swirled directly northeast, right where we thought the deer were going to come from. So <laughs> especially when you're up here in this mountainous kind of country, when you get down in the bottom, that wind gets in there and just swirls and swirls. So the mm -hmm. best time, the best time in this kind of country is if when you want to hunt the bottom is wait till the wind's real calm and just use your thermals. But I'd say in Florida where it's so flat, it's hard to, it's hard to play the thermals like that. Yeah. I think probably the wind direction itself is, is probably the, the way to play it but i think it's a little more predictable here i've i've heard about it kind of swirling you know like that in like a holler or a bottom or whatever yeah yeah it's uh it's hard to predict and you just kind of got to get lucky with it yeah absolutely what do you guys uh do do y'all use um like some lock-on or hang-on stands or uh saddles or climbers or what what kind of setup do y'all use on that i'm kind of a my my setups is like a Swiss Army knife. I've got ladder stand set up. Um, I love a good I love a good comfortable lock on. You can get mm -hmm. it in the right place. But then this year, uh, I actually purchased the uh, tethered saddle, the Phantom, and I've been using that. And I can't say enough about that. I love that thing. Um, 
And uh, the more I hunt out of it, the more I'm thinking about selling my lock ons and just buying sticks and only hunting out of the saddle just because the usability and the lightweight and you can get in. And then that's what we actually hung a stand um, on the public in Ohio. We only took mm -hmm. one of them and I actually got above Justin here in the saddle and was filming him. So it's just nice when you're especially when you can pivot around a tree and stay hidden from the deer. Yeah. And, you, you know. You have no blind spots, really. You can shoot 360 if you practice it up, and you can get around the tree. Yeah, that's but I know, cool. I know Justin. Uh, he's a big ladder stand kind of guy, and I'll let him tell you about it. Yeah, I'm a see. I'm a big boy. I weigh 300 pounds, and I really prefer <laughs> a ladder stand. More comfortable on me, and the I don't have to worry about equipment failure either because you know these lock-ons. I've had people weigh 140 pounds, and the cables broke on them, so. I still wear a safety harness, and I think everybody should. Because I, in 2010, I fell out of a tree stand, so everything makes me cautious and nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> that's one thing. That's one thing we both preach is tree stand safety. I think sometimes people hunt out of a stand a couple times and they get real comfortable in it, and they they kind of shy away from the from the safety aspect. But all it takes is a squirrel to chew a strap or strap to bust, and 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 it can be a bad day. And the last thing you want to do is get hurt while you're out hunting so i preach the safety lines to people all the time you can pick them up for like 25 30 bucks and, and you're tied off all the way up the tree that's the best way to go i have them on all my my um lock on stands just because right you go out hunting to enjoy it and the last thing you're thinking about is is, is get going out there and getting hurt so you gotta gotta stay safe yeah i appreciate that that's a lot of the places i hunt at um, have the, you know, some preset, you know, ladder stands and that type of thing, but, um, definitely good to think about, you know, keeping the, keeping the safety in the forefront. Yeah. Yep. That is, that's, that's one thing I've always, I've always tried to do is, is make sure I'm tied off and safe, especially when you get up top to the tree. Cause People, people think 15 feet ain't a long way, but when you land flat on your back, I'm sure it hurts. Yeah, it hurts. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, well, Justin knows from personal experience. Yeah, I haven't fell out of one, but I, I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. It, it leaves you stoved up for a long time if you're lucky. Yeah, I imagine. I, I'd say I definitely have had a foot slip climbing up a ladder or something like that. And oh, yeah. Make you think twice. Yeah, get your heart going real quick. Yeah, exactly. Some... <laughs> That's cool. Um, so I know you said the uh, the, I, the rifle season or whatever goes through like January first. Um, how well, long does the our season hunt, go? Our hunting season goes. Our rifle season actually only runs the the week of Thanksgiving. So this year it'll be from the twenty second to the. Well, actually, it's two weeks. So it'll be from the November twenty second till. Whenever the end of that second week, whatever December that, something. yeah, right. I think December first, and then you've got a. Our season runs out January fourth. I want to say this year, and um, that's bow only until there's one week where West Virginia has a heritage season. So, that would be anything like pretty much like a musket, any kind of uh, muzzleloader without a scope on it, anything like that. Recurve, okay. yeah, recurve bow, but um. So, but, but usually out here, like, like he was saying earlier, a lot of hunting pressure. So, so at that time of the year, if you're a, 
if you don't have a huge chunk of private that you're not pressuring it it's hard to get a deer killed on that on that kind of gotcha. and that time of the year because 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 usually when that orange army comes out and then bullets start flying they start running for their life <laughs> i hear you <laughs> is there i know we uh you mentioned the tethered saddle and um you know talked about a little bit about the bow setups and stuff is there any other uh gear specifically uh that y'all really like or use or you know something that's come in handy for you um mainly not re- not really um one piece of equipment i could say would be a rangefinder always carry your rangefinder if you have one yeah and a good and a good set of binoculars and fun. i and i don't use a rangefinder when a deer is coming in I just range stuff in the general direction. I know the deer are going to come and give me an idea. That way I'll have a reference to shoot at. That way I'm not making that extra movement when the time comes. I'd say the number one piece of equipment for me that I like to have is always a a good, solid hunting backpack. Because especially Mm -hmm. when you're self-filming, you're going to carry a lot of equipment in there. And you need a a good, solid backpack with with pockets and places to, to strap stuff to. So... I actually uh, saved up some money and, and bought a whole Q, uh, QU loadout, hunting clothes, and, and, a, and a good backpack. So, so far it's it's done me well. But I would okay. I would say I would say a, a good hunting backpack, and uh, you don't even have to go out and spend a lot of money, but just a, a good set of binoculars where you can uh, you can definitely do some glassing and and you can tell what you're going to shoot at before yeah. you shoot it. There's always always a big piece of a pack piece is of definitely a must, especially mm-hmm. any type of hunter because you can carry your knives all your hunting gear in there and if you're like us you know we we work so when we get home from work or whatever we'll go and just grab our packs and hit the woods so we know everything we need's in there so that's yeah. that's that is a big well i guess i'd to add on to that too especially out here hiking these mountains is a good pair of hunting boots because mm-hmm. it's easy, it's real quick your feet will get sore out here hiking these hiking these ridge tops so so yeah so, yeah a good pair of boots and then uh Oh, Stubby said toilet paper. That's always something you want to go in the woods with. Yep. Good to have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My my philosophy on, on, on taking anything into the woods is, first, you don't want to be overpacked, but I always had a saying, I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. So. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't load my backpack down with, with too much gear, but. Uh, you know, I like to have extra phone batteries and extra knives and, 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 you know, anything like that that you might need. Yeah, definitely good advice. I'm, I'm and working then, on my pack situation. And then another product that uh, that Justin um, just started using this year that, that we've kind of had some good success with was uh, the Buckwild Synthetics. Like he said, uh, this time of year, keying on scrapes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but a lot of times we like to transition our, our trail cameras from uh, from bait pile or like from corn piles and and feeding areas to to mock scrapes because mm-hmm. that, that that's the best way to you know kind of get on a pattern of these big bucks or, or you know see what they're doing so uh, he's been using the buck wild synthetics um, some orbital scent trying to get these mock scrapes and so far he's had some pretty good success with it so okay yeah that's very cool yeah the the scents are something that's something I've kind of looked got into you know it's actually working on you know mock scrapes or things like that you know trying to actually give that a shot and i've seen a little bit of success with that too so that's cool you can start a mock scrape in the summertime yeah uh, as well i mean 
they won't work it like they will late in the year like they do now but it's still an inventory check if there's a deer coming by even a even a doe or a yearling will actually check a mock scrape i mean it's just the scent thing to them they're they're curious animals and they're going to come in and check it out right yeah it's almost like a, a communication tool for them they'll get in there and they'll if you get a licking branch they'll rub their um, orbital glands and their forehead glands on it, and that's how they'll communicate, knowing what deer is in the area. And if you are making a mock scrape, you want your limb to be about chest high, and you want to make the scrape big enough for the deer to get a visual on it. You know, you don't want to make something small. You want something three, four foot around. That way the deer actually gets a visual of what it is so they know what what it is to come and check it out. Okay, cool. Good to know. Um now, um, one thing I want to give you guys a chance. Um, is there anything y'all want to uh, talk about as far as what you have with your uh, different pages and your YouTube channels and all that stuff? Just uh, what uh, you know, what folks can check out or what folks can expect, and uh, where you do your most your most posting or whatever, whether it be Instagram or YouTube or Facebook or whatever. Well, for me. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at the 304 underscore outdoors. That's where I do the majority of my posting. Um, I have a Facebook, but somehow I got locked out of it. So I'm, I'm working to get back into that and I'm going to do a lot more posting there. Yep. And then uh, I got my YouTube is just 304 outdoors. Um, got got some content on there now, but here, here in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have a lot of content coming out on that channel. And then, um, you know, I just anybody listening, you know, go give us a like, go subscribe. Um, like, like I said, a lot of content coming soon. I've got some content out there, but but we've got a lot of footage that needs edited and put together. And we're gonna have some cool videos coming out here soon. Yeah, I, I'm on. I'm on just about all the social media platforms. I'm on uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, Saul Stubby's Outdoors. Just get on there and check it out. Subscribe to the channel. I just like to get out there and have fun, man. And I also have another page. It's called Study Outdoors and Friends is on Facebook, and that's for everybody. Anybody can get on there and post whatever they want to, you know, as long as we be respectful and uh, just to get out there and have fun. I mean, that's what I enjoy. I enjoy it. I enjoy other people posting stuff and seeing it. You know, that's – I just love the outdoors. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's, you know, I totally agree. It's to me, I love just going on and seeing the deer that other people are killing or other people have on trail camera or whatever. It's absolutely know, exciting. <laughs> Good for them. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy it. Whether it's, whether it's your first deer or you just went out there and you killed a 190 inch buck, you know, I'm excited for you. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on today, taking a little time out of your, uh, day where y'all getting ready to go back out hunting and everything so uh good luck this afternoon and i uh, appreciate it. anything else y'all want to add today no we're good thank you for having us on yeah thanks like we said just we'd appreciate people just go on check out the social media um you know give it a like subscribe and then uh good luck to you i hope you uh hope you have success in virginia if you do um you know, shoot us a message. I'd like to see if you get anything down, and then uh, yeah. or any questions you have, you want to ask us. You know, you're just getting started. I'm more than happy to help you out. I don't care. Cool. Yeah, we we uh, no professionals, but we probably got some pretty good info. Yeah, yeah. We we both kind of. I just like to see people get out and enjoy, it, especially when they're kind of new into it. 
you know, I like hunting. Hunting's kind of a, in the grand scheme of things, hunting's kind of of a dying sport. You know, you got less and less people doing it every year. So when you see people getting out and trying it and having success and, and having fun with it, I like to see that just as much as I like to shoot a deer myself. <laughs> That's awesome. I definitely appreciate that, especially as a, as a pretty much a new hunter. So I appreciate that. And I appreciate uh, the, uh, the offer to ask for some advice. So if I have any questions along the way, I might, uh, I might just shoot them your way. Absolutely. All right. Sounds good, buddy. Thank you for having us on. Yes, sir. Y'all have a good afternoon. You too. Thanks to everybody who's tuned in and listened to the Wannabe Hunting Podcast today. We really appreciate the support. Really appreciate you listening. We really appreciate those who've gone on and left us a rating and review on iTunes. That especially helps. And, uh, those who've actually subscribed we appreciate that as well thanks for listening if you're just dropping by and listening but thanks for subscribing and uh, supporting what we've got going on and uh, special thanks to RJ and Justin uh, for joining me and I really enjoyed talking with those guys and uh, they've got some cool stuff going on up there in West Virginia so uh, we appreciate them and we appreciate you guys as well and uh, we're just looking forward to the rest of hunting season um, congrats to everybody who's, uh, uh, killed a hit lister or, uh, or at least put some meat in the freezer. We, uh, we're excited to have some, uh, in the freezer right here in Florida as I killed my first buck a few weeks ago. So we're, I'm still excited <laughs> and it was awesome. So, uh, thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for listening and I uh, hope y'all have a successful rest of the season and a great day. If you're at work thinking about hunting, join the club. That's why it's called the Wannabe Hunting Podcast. We want to be hunting. As always, guys, honor God, work hard, and keep hunting.